Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are so glad that you are tuning in with us. Today, we're going to be talking about when the music fades. So go ahead, like, and share this so other people can hop on with us. So we're talking about when the music fades. And I was thinking about this. How many times have you been maybe at a concert or in a service or just somewhere where people broke out in singing and all of a sudden there was no background music, no instruments playing. It was just vocals and people were singing loud and in unity. And it was just so beautiful. I remember one time where we were at a, I don't even remember which concert it was, but we were somewhere and all of a sudden the song had ended. So there was no music playing, but the crowd continued singing. And it was so beautiful just being able to hear everybody sing in harmony and unity. And it was just gorgeous hearing all of the different people, even people who couldn't normally sing sounded good with everybody singing together. And so I was thinking a lot of times when there's no instruments or, you know, that music fades out and stops, we tend to get quiet. And what happens if we were to continue on to keep singing, even though everything had stopped? I think of those moments when maybe a test or a trial is coming in your life and you're like, wow, it just feels like it's not doing so well right now. In those moments, what do we do? Do we stop? Do we get quiet? Do we wonder what we're going to do? Or do we continue pressing on and keep putting one foot in front of the other to where we continue to make progress and get out of a situation? And so what the Lord was showing me as I was um, studying this, he was talking about how to keep singing through it all. And sometimes it doesn't seem easy, but when we open up our mouth and we begin to sing praise or give thanks, it shifts things. It changes a perspective and results in different outcomes. So think about this. We used to have where my cousin lived, there was a park across from her and they had this giant tunnel, which was basically like a drain that the water um, would come through, but it was big enough for a person to fit in and a lot of people actually. And so we would go over to the park and we would climb into this tunnel and we would begin to sing just random songs. Sometimes it could be uh, Christian Christmas, like we got all different kinds of stuff going on. And so we loved it because we could all sing different parts and the acoustics were so great. It just, it was like it was echoing what we were saying. And so we would love to get in there and sing. And the thing that was the coolest about it is no one could see us, right? We are tucked in this little tunnel, so no one can see us, but they can hear the sound. And so we were able to be loud, vocal, almost had a sense of freedom to be able to sing because we felt like people couldn't see us. But the awesome thing, now that I look back, is people who were in the park could hear even louder because of the tunnel echoing what we were singing. 
So people were passing by, they could hear, even though they couldn't see us, they could hear what was being said. And so that's what we want to get to, to where even if people don't know what's going on in your life, when they pass by you, they get a sense of hope, a sense of freedom. It can put a smile on their face and you may be going through some of the roughest things you've ever been through in your life. And just because you're choosing to not stay in that situation, but you're praising, you're singing, you are able to help other people while you're helping yourself in the same process. So everything we do um, connects to other people. And I know for a lot of people are like, no, no one pays attention to me. No one cares what I do. My life is just uh, whatever. I don't even have friends. It's okay if you think that, but I'm telling you someone is paying attention. Someone is watching what you're doing. It may be for a split second. It may be they're watching over the years, but someone notices what's going on in your life. And I think that it's so interesting how a lot of times it's people that we're not even close to. It could be a coworker that maybe you only see here and there. Um, it could be someone in the, the grocery store that only sees you for that short moment in time. I mean, there's so many things that I remember that have impacted me. One in particular that stands out the most is uh, my daughter and I had went to this grocery store and we were walking down the bread aisle and people are talking, right? They're having their own conversations, but sometimes something stands out to you. And so as me and my daughter were looking, we're looking for something specific. I overheard this mom talking to her child and they were looking at the bread and the, the little kid brought the bread to the mom and like this one. And the mom like looks at the price and she's like, well, we can't afford that. So put that one back because we only have so much money. And so they couldn't get, it was either bread or between something else. They had to make a decision which one they were going to get because they couldn't get both. And it was in those moments where you're like, wow, something that we take for granted of, oh, I can just go in and buy bread. I mean, it's what, like $3 and something depending on the bread that you're getting. And they had to question, do we get this or do we get this? And so it put a whole new thankfulness in my heart that I'm able to go and purchase those things without wondering, am I going to be able to pay for it when we get up to the register? And God will always show you different things of how, you know, you may think you don't have something as good as someone else, but there's always someone else who has it worse than you do. So are we going to be thankful in the season that we're in, or are we going to complain and continue down a path of not good enough? And so I really want us to think this morning about that song that the Lord has placed on the inside of you. And I don't necessarily mean a natural song to where you're, you know, you have to sing, especially if you're like, I'm not a good singer, but a new song as a new chapter, as a new page in your life's journey of your storyline. I mean, think of a movie, right? There is 
those moments in the scenes to where, you know, you're just like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? You have those buildups and then you're like, oh, and then you're maybe sad with them and then you're happy. But through the whole thing, you're following along this journey and you um, almost are in it with them. And then you get to the end and you're like, well, that was, you know, not what I expected or, oh, that turned out so good. And we don't want our life to be compared to a movie because we all know that not everything turns out exactly how the movies do. But when we put our focus and attention on God and on his word, it helps lead us into that happily ever after. And no, it's not a fairy tale that we are searching for, but we are searching for the Lord's perfection in our life. We are searching for his wisdom and his guidance to be able to do everything that we have to do in life. I mean, there's so many different choices that we make on a day-to-day basis. Some maybe seem simple. Some are a little bit more of a challenge. I mean, right? We wake up, we have to decide, what are we going to wear today? What are we going to eat today? And you may be like, all right, that's easy. But then you have those hard ones of, okay, am I going to stay in this city? Is this the right job for me? The things that we have to decide, but every decision that we make has a different path that you can go down. Um, I was talking to my husband the other day and we were thinking about how things were going in our life when we were younger, right? The path that we were taking or that we thought we were going to end up, you know, at a certain place in our life at a certain time. And it's so amazing to me how each decision we made led to where we are because, I mean, think of relationships. You can be in one relationship and then things turn around and then that's not where you end up. And so when we were looking back at our, you know, life of our careers and different things, you know, I was going to school for something completely different than what I'm doing now. And so when you think that you're going to do this and then you end up somewhere else, a lot of times we can look back and be like, well, gosh, nothing turned out the way that I had planned. And I'm so thankful that a lot of those things didn't turn out the way that I thought they were going to because they're so much better now. I, I really was contemplating this the other day of like, man, if I would have done that, gosh, I wouldn't have this. I wouldn't have my kids. Um, I wouldn't be where I, you know, just all the different things that you can look back and it allows you to open up to being thankful for the different opportunities that the Lord has given us. So we're gonna go to a couple different scriptures here. I'm not going to take too much of your time because I want you to grasp hold of this and I want you to run with it. I don't want to make this long and complicated. We want to make this easy to where you can put it into practice in your life. So the first verse we're going to go to is Ephesians 5, 19. It says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart. Now, The part that stood out the most to me here is making melodies with your heart. Our heart is so important. I mean, in our physical aspect, if our heart stops beating, guess what? We're not here anymore. That is the end of our time on this earth. And so we have to make sure that we're maintaining a good physical body 
to be able to live longer. Well, just like we have a physical body, we have a spiritual body and we also have to take care of our spirit in order to stay um, fully functional in the best way possible. So we're going to be talking a lot about um, not just the music going out and us being persistent with continuing on with that song, but where is our heart at? What is on the inside of us? Because we're going to find out in just a little bit, your heart and your mouth are very, very close knit and it's important what we're putting on the inside of us. So in Galatians 6, 9, it tells us, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Again, we're talking about our heart, right? But it's giving us instruction on what to do. Let us not grow weary while doing good. So don't give up in the process when you're doing good and everything's working the way you want it to, right? Continue on because there is a due season and that is when you're going to reap the harvest, right? But a lot of times what happens is we start out good, right? Um, if you have ever tried to run track or anything like that, you know you can start real good and you're like, yeah, I'm doing excellent. But the more laps that you make, the harder it gets on your body and you're, you start going slower, you start breathing harder and you can't catch your breath, you need some water, you need a break. And so every lap that you make, it seems like more difficult. Same thing in life. Every time you do something, the enemy's like, okay, hold on. We're going to put that obstacle in their way. He wants to make it harder for you. Well, I think of track back again. They have hurdles, right? And they're running, running, running. Everything's good. But then they have to jump over a hurdle in order to continue on. And if they don't, they're going to fall down. It's going to fall down. It stops the progress the progress, and then they're going to have to get back up. It slows them down before they can continue on. So we have to build up to being able to jump over, right? Because I don't know about you, but I am not a runner. Um, I know a lot of you guys out there are. That's just not something I enjoy. Um, I'll walk all day long, but running gets different. And so when I'm with someone who enjoys running, right, and they're like going – I'm like, man, it makes you want to push, right? You're like, all right, you know, they're motivating. You're seeing them. You're like, well, they can do it. I can do it. And so it helps you move along. So it's so important that we have people around us of like faith, people who are there to help keep us encouraged to where when we do start to slow down, we can continue on. We can keep pressing on. Um, I was thinking the other day about, um, I was actually telling this to my daughter. Um, I, when Jason and I first got married or we were engaged, actually, we wanted to go scuba diving on our honeymoon. Well, I was like, okay, so I went to go get certified. This is something I've always wanted to do, but the funny part is I don't like getting water in my eyes. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go take these classes. I'm going to get certified. It's going to be so much fun. And then I get in there and I realize all the stuff I have to do. And I'm like, oh gosh. So there was a, 
a point to where we had to swim these laps back and forth. And I'm fully focused on myself. Like I, and this sounds bad, but I couldn't really care about the other people in the class. Like I'm trying to accomplish this goal and get it over with. So I'm done. And so like I'm swimming and swimming and swimming and going, going, going. Well, there was this one person in the class who they were struggling hard. I mean, they were not swimming well. And like we were almost done with all of the the laps that we had to do. And they were like not even halfway done. Like that's how hard of a struggle it was for this person. Well, because I'm so focused on me, I didn't even realize until the instructor is like, hold on a second, everyone stop. I want you guys to slow down and do this together as a team, like work together, help your, you know, this last person be able to make it through this challenge. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm almost done. What do you mean you want me to slow down and help someone else? Like I'm, this is hard for me. And it really helped me think, wow, where are we at in life? Like to where are we so focused on our accomplishments and what we are going to do and what, how we're going to finish? Or are we looking to the person beside us like, oh man, they're not doing so good. Hey, how can I help them? And we can both move in the same direction. So when we all stopped and we all got back with that person and then we all started swimming together, they were able to move faster. They were able to finish the course before them because they had people who were there to say, it's all gonna do this together. We're moving in the right direction. So I want you to think this morning, are you focused on just you and your problems or are you looking at the person beside you? Maybe your neighbor, maybe someone that you work with, maybe someone in your family, in your own house, and looking at them and saying, how can we do this together? How can we move forward to where we're both excelling? Now, I'm not saying that you have to dumb down your dreams or, you know, not succeed in certain areas because someone else is, you know, not there yet. But what I am saying is I've noticed that when I put myself in a position around other people who are more successful and who have a lot more wisdom in certain areas than my life, it pushes me to come up higher. It doesn't make that person come down lower. So when we are surrounding ourselves with other people, we don't have to come down to their level we're grabbing their hand and we're pulling them up to where we are. I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, you guys can let me know in the comments um, and I can elaborate a little bit more. But don't ever think that you can't take out the time to help someone else because it will pull you down. Because what it will actually do is it will inspire you. It will allow you to be thankful for where you are. And as you see that person come up, it excels you to go above and beyond where you were because you're watching the process from someone else's eyes. And it is so amazing how we can build each other up in faith. And in areas where we may be weak, someone else is strong. And so you're constantly being able to help stay united, 
and grow together as the body of Christ. All of us are at different levels. I don't care how long you've been in church. I can tell you that there are things that you don't know. None of us have fully arrived to where we know everything there is to know about God and everything there is to know about the Bible. So one person may have a um, better revelation of a certain area. And so we can learn and grow from them to whereas maybe you have a better understanding and revelation in a certain area and that person can feed off of you. So it's a constant um, relationship that we have with other people. And it's so, so great. I really, really, man, there's just so many different things that we, we don't always take time to consider. We don't take the time to be thankful, to go back and say, oh, wow, I remember when, you know, this happened and God did that for me. Um, I have to make a decision every day to think of what did the Lord do for me? How can I be thankful? Because there's so many things that happen in my day-to-day -day life to where it's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to complain and to get into a state of, oh, well, you know, gosh, especially with social media, right? Like we look at other people's lives and we think, man, it's working out so well for them and look what they've done. And man, look at me and where I'm at, right? We should never get into a, a place to where we're comparing ourselves to other people. We should always strive to do better, um, to learn and grow. Don't ever become complacent because you don't know how long it took a person to get to where they're at. Every single day, you know, I know that I have an opportunity to be lazy, to not do the things that I know I'm supposed to do. As a mom, you know, doing laundry and so I, I don't enjoy doing laundry. If you enjoy it, that's good for you. But I do not like to fold clothes and put them up. Like I will wash them and dry them. I don't know what it is about the folding and putting up part that just is not fun to me. And so I have a choice to say, I'm going to put that off. I'm just going to keep them in the basket. If we need something, we'll go through and we'll find it. That would be the easy thing to do right? But then it's wrinkled. So then now I've got to iron. So I'm actually hurting myself because I'm going to, in the end, have to do more work than just putting it up from the start. So every day we have an opportunity to follow through with what we know we're supposed to do or say, ah, we can do that tomorrow. Or, oh, you know, I'll take those classes then. Or when my kids get bigger, then I'll be able to do this. Or, you know, after I feel strong enough, better enough, whatever it is, right? We all have an excuse on why we can't do something today. But did you know that if you don't start today, you're delaying your tomorrow? The results that you currently want, if you don't start today, it's going to take you longer to get there. And I know some of you are like, I did not want to hear that. That's okay. We need to be reminded of these things to push us to go forward, not staying in a state of everything is just not playing out for me. Continue on, continue taking those steps of action, right? The word tells us that um, we have to have action with our faith, right? It's one thing to say, I believe, 
you know, the word says this, but if we don't do anything with what we say we believe, it's not going to work for you. I use this analogy a lot, but food is big on a lot of our list. So if we have all the ingredients for a food, whatever it was, name your favorite food. It could be a cake, brownies. It could be mashed potatoes, um, steak, whatever it is, right? Pick your favorite food. If we have all the things that we need to marinate, to mix, to um, turn this into something mm, so wonderfully savory and great, we have to actually do it, right? We have to put all the ingredients in. We have to mix things up. We have to bake it. We have to grill it, whatever. Because if we don't, we have everything we need, but we're not ever going to be able to enjoy it until we put action to all of the ingredients. So in life, the Lord has given us a plan. He has given us instruction. He's given us um, our blueprints for our life. And it's laid out before us, but if we don't ever take the time to read it, if we don't ever take the time to put it into action, then it's like, yeah, we've got them, but nothing's taking place. You know, think of a house, for instance. You have the blueprints to a house, and that's great. You may even have the property, and you're standing on the property, and you have these blueprints out, and you're like, man, this house is going to be so great. But if you don't ever have the contractors come out and start the building process, you're never going to have a place to reside, a place to where you can call home and be like, wow, this blueprint is now a reality. Well, getting into the Word of God is our blueprint. It is our starting point, learning who we are, who God is, what He created us to do. And as we get that information, we have to begin to form the foundation, place up those walls to where we can actually move in and say, hey, this is where the Lord wants us to be, to where you can add in all the colors and all the details that life presents with us, right? The next scripture I want us to go to, actually, I want to read that same one, but I'm going to read Galatians 6, 9 in the ESV. It says, and let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Do not give up this morning. Do not lose focus of where God wants you to be. Continue on. You can do it. You can do it. Then in Jeremiah 29, 11, this is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. He has the what? The plan. He has the future and the hope for our life. He just wants us <clears throat> to spend time with him, to find out what is that plan, Lord? What does you know, the next couple years look like for me. Getting into his word and finding out will change everything that you could ever imagine. No matter how big you can think, God thinks bigger, right? And that's so, so great because I am a big, big thinker. I think also that a lot of times we don't move forward for the simple fact that we don't know where we want to go. If you don't know where you want to go, how will you ever get there? You have to first say, all right, this is where I want to be. 
And then when you know where you want to be, then you can start the process of, oh, okay, well, it takes this to get there. And you have those steps of making it to that process, right? Um, this is just like, I mean, think of your natural job, right? If you want to be at the top, but your education level was down at the bottom and you don't know anything about business, you don't know anything about that particular area, you have to start where you're at. And then you learn, you grow, you get knowledge, and then you move up. And then you learn, you grow, you move up, right? Well, it's the same thing in our spiritual life. <clears throat> we start where we're at. No matter where that is, start where you're at. And then as you learn and you grow, you move up to that next level. As you learn and you grow, you move up to that next level. Um, I was thinking about this too also because I was looking back at pictures when I first started photography. Oh man, they're horrible. Horrible. I don't even know why people paid me back then. Um, I was looking at it and I was like, oh my gosh, I've come so far. But I started where I was at with what I currently had and I could afford. And the camera I could afford was not what I needed to be able to produce the type of pictures I wanted. But I started where I was at, I learned how to use what I had, and then I was able to get better, not just with the gear, but also with techniques and different things like that and posing and learning how to have, you know, an actual relationship with the people that you were interacting with. So there was a whole learning curve and process. And then on the backside, you had to learn the business and how to manage things. So every step, there was more learning and more growing. And that's what I love about God is there's no limit to him. So it's not like, oh, okay, you've reached the top and the end. It's always, I've got some more to show you. I'm going to teach you and grow you. I'm going to expand things in your life. Um, there's a scripture in the Bible where it talks about expand your tents, make more room because you're going to need it. So you may think, oh man, I'm good here. But then you're going to need something else. So you need to have the room to be able to house it, to be able to take on more responsibility, to be able to take in more harvest. And the thing that is awesome about taking on more harvest is you're able to be a blessing to more people. Don't ever get to the place where you're like, well, I'm good. I've got enough. Because that's going back to where I was at of saying, I've got to finish this goal. I don't want to look at the person beside me. I'm focused on me. It's not just about us. How can we be a blessing? How can we help other people? Not just in our circle, right? Because a lot of times we tend to stick to, well, these are my people. And, you know, so we take care of them. And we don't ever step out to people we don't know. I mean, do you, and you don't have to let me know in the comments, but do you know your neighbors? Do you know the people that live beside you? Do you know your, their name? Do you know what they do? Have you ever carried on more than a five-minute conversation with them? Or is it just like a, hey, and both of you walk inside? We lived in um, a community, uh, gosh, years back. Now we're out here in the country. Um, so our neighbors are not like side by side. You can't see in their backyard, right? Like you can't look over in their fence and see what they're doing. <clears throat> so, but when we did live in that type of housing addition, there were tons of people. They were always outside. 
And so it's really easy to just kind of push the garage door button and pull right on in so you don't have to talk to anybody or go outside and be like, hey, nice to see you. How's it going? And then that's the end of your conversation. Or you have those, hey, I know that person. I know their kids. I know where they go to school. I know what they do. We have similar interests. It shouldn't be, oh, I don't really care about that person. Who cares? God cares. So if God cares, we should care. Now, does that mean you have to be friends with every single one of your neighbors? No, I'm not saying that. But should we love on our neighbors? Should we show kindness? Should we demonstrate um, the love of God to them? Yes, every single day. When they see us, they should be excited to see us. Not one of those people who are like, oh my gosh, they're pulling in. And they run in and close the door. And they're like, I don't want to talk to those people. Or, you know, maybe they see you in a grocery store. And they turn around and go on a different aisle because they don't want to stop and talk to you. Right? Hey, no judgment. But I'm saying, don't be that person, right? Be the one that people enjoy talking to, that they love running into you. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I saw you, right? That's demonstrating the goodness of God. When people enjoy your company, because every time they're around you, they just feel better, they're uplifted, that, you know, they feel like they're growing with you. Not just, ugh, every time I talk to them, they complain. Oh my gosh, it's always something going on in that house, right? Be the person that people want to engage with, that they want to have um, a conversation with. Know the plan, right? If you don't know the plan, it's going to be hard for you to see it through. We get the plan from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit, spending time in His Word, um, spending time with Him. And when I say that, a lot of times people are like, I don't have time to spend with him. I'm not saying you have to literally set an hour um, alarm and spend that full hour with the Lord. I'm just talking about throughout your day, you are taking time to listen, to talk to him. Whether that's driving, maybe you have a five-minute commute to your job, maybe it's an hour, I don't know. But wherever you have those moments in between, you just dropped your kids off, now you're driving somewhere. So you have an opportunity to say, Lord, thank you for this day. Give me wisdom today. Show me what I need to do. Set up those divine connections so I'm at the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right things. And then you're at your place, right? But every moment, use that as an opportunity to where you're able to have fellowship and communication. We have our phones all the time, right? Most of the time, people do not go anywhere without their phone. It's with them at dinner. It's with them at work. Anytime they have a moment to where they feel lonely, I don't want to say not necessarily lonely, bored, okay? Or they feel like they're just not doing something. What do we do? We pull out this phone, check notifications. We want to play a game, do something, right? text someone. If we would take that same opportunity of when we picked up our phone, we're talking to the Lord, right? How much more would we get accomplished? Now, I've again, no condemnation because I'm, I've been right there with you picking up my phone more than I should. Um, that was one of the things that the Lord had dealt with me with that I needed to disconnect myself from the phone for a while. And not because I was doing bad things, but because I was getting so used, it was just a habit. Like I would have it sitting there and I would just pick it up and look at it. 
set it back down. I'm like, what am I, why? So I had to disconnect myself, set it in the room, put it on the charging station, not take it in the same rooms with me to where it wasn't easy for me to grab and do. But the point that I'm getting across here is we do it so much that we don't even realize how much until someone points it out or you go and you look at your phones, you know, how much screen time you've used. That's when we put into perspective, oh, wow, I didn't realize I was on it that much or, oh, wow, I didn't realize I did that. So replacing it with, oh, those are the moments that I didn't realize I had the time to communicate with God. You're in the shower. What else are you doing? right? You're washing your body, your hair. You got the time. You're doing nothing else in there. No distractions. There's no phone in there. Take that time. You're in the restroom. You have the time. You're sitting there. You're doing what you're doing, right? Don't use an excuse of, I don't have time. We all have time. It's just spread out throughout the day. So use those small opportunities to have constant communication and getting wisdom from the Lord instead of just, you know, I got to do it all in one hour. I've got to do it in, you know, this one set time. Every time you can have fellowship with God. And that's what's so neat is he's with us 24 seven. So you have 24 seven access to the heavenly father. Isn't that amazing? It's Proverbs 27, 17. It says iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Whoever tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and he who guards his master will be honored. As in water face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. I want you to think about this verse for just a second, because there's so much packed in this, and we're going to not get to all of it. But what I do want to point out is what you tend to will grow and flourish. What you deprive will starve and die. Let that sink in for just a second. What we put our attention and our focus on grows bigger and can take the most place in your life. But what you put aside, what you put off, what you don't pay attention to, it will begin to die off. It's not important to you. So you're not putting the right maintenance into it. All of us in different areas of our life are focused on one thing over another. And when we look back at what is growing most in our life, we can determine what we're tending most to. The thing that grows the most in your life, that's where our attention is. That's where we are spending most of our time, our money, our efforts. And the things that are not looking so good in our life, those are the things that we are putting off, that we are not feeding. So let's get this into a real life example here. Relationships are a huge one, right? So if you are in a relationship and you're constantly, um, you know, working overtime and you come home, you only have a couple hours to spend with, you know, your the person that you're with, you're putting more attention on work or maybe a hobby or whatever it is instead of a relationship. And so what happens is it causes separation because a relationship cannot grow if there is no time spent. And by time, I don't just mean in the same house, in the same room. 
By time, I mean quality time to where you're actually looking at each other in the eyes. You're actually engaging in a back-to-back -back conversation, not just one-sided. You are you know, demonstrating how you feel that you love that person, you know, those type of things. If there's no um, attention, if there's no time spent, then it causes separation, just like we were talking about. If you are not tending to something, it will eventually die. Everything in life has to be maintained. Would you all agree with that? Everything in life has to be maintained. There has to be a maintenance. Your home, right? If you do not clean your home for a while, guess what? Things are going to break down. They're not going to last as long. They're not going to look good. If you don't, you know, do your lawn, what happens? Your yard is not going to look good. Your trees might die if you've planted some plants. In your finances, if you are not diligent with what you have, and you are just blowing it on everything else, eventually your bank account will become nothing, right? So every area of life, no matter what area it is, has to have maintenance, has to have you there helping grow, nurture it. And when we don't do that, that's when we get to the place to where we're like, what is going on in life? How did I get here? What are we maintaining? What are we focused on? Do we have the plan? Is it our plan or is it God's plan? Because sometimes our plan is different than God's plan. And so we've got to go back to having that daily fellowship with him to where we learn what he says the blueprint is. So we're actually building that house that's going to stand. Because I don't know about you, I am not one that's good with measurements or building things like that. So if I were to build a house with my knowledge, y'all would not want to go into it. It would collapse on you. It's, it's not going to be sturdy. But a person that knows what they're doing, a person that knows, um, you know, how to put those support beams in there and where to put them, you're going to be able to walk in with confidence that, hey, I can live here and not be afraid of, is this thing going to hurt me or are we good? God is never going to hurt you. He's always got the best plan and the best way to do it. The fastest way too. That's another thing that's great about God. Your actions show your heart and reveal your motives and your intentions. What we do shows other people, right, where our heart is. It reveals to them our motives behind what we're doing, which is why it's important that our, our actions are lining up with our words because sometimes people will say one thing and then do another and so they contradict one another and then people think well I can't trust them yeah you don't want to go with them and you can get a bad reputation well thankfully with the Lord he will forgive us he will clean um, that bad reputation that we have and we're able to get back on track a lot of times with natural people, they want to hold on to things. It's hard for them to forgive and let go. And so just because God has forgiven you and you got things back where you need to be, a lot of times it might take a person a lot longer to be able to see that change in you. 
because they're waiting for your actions to respond with your words. They want to make sure that they're lining up and they have some form of credibility to be able to allow you back into their life. And so don't get frustrated with people if they don't allow you back in right then. Um, Give them some time to grow and be willing to show what God has done in your life to where they can see, wow, God did that for you. And wow, you just turned completely around. And then who knows, that could be the thing that that person needed that pulls them up, that brings them to that higher level, right? Don't dumb down to them. Bring them up to where God has brought you. Last verse I want us to read is Luke 6, 45. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Think about that. Out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth will speak. So whatever we're putting on the inside of us, that's what's going to come out of our mouth. So I want you to ask yourself this morning, what am I putting inside of me? What is coming out of my mouth? A lot of times that's all we have to do is literally for that day, stop and think, what did I just say? And then we'll know what's on the inside of our heart. A lot of times people will say jokes and things and people are like, oh, it was just a joke, but something made them say it. What's on the inside of them? Is that really the perspective that they have? Because if it's not, those words shouldn't be coming out of our mouth. So we have to be mindful of not just what other people are saying, but what we're saying as well. Don't take offense by other people's words. We need to learn to forgive that person and continue moving on. But also looking at our own words and saying, how does that affect someone else? Why did I say that? Why did, why did I say that about my life, about their life, about this situation? Because a lot of times we believe what we said or else we wouldn't have said it. Whether we say, no, I didn't really mean that, right? We have to be mindful because the Bible also tells us that life and death are in the power of the tongue. So words that are coming out of our mouth are creating. They are producing life or they are producing death. So be mindful of what's coming out of your mouth. Sometimes we can think a thought, right? But you don't have to say that thought, right? So if you've ever thought something that's not good, that's okay. You didn't speak it out, hopefully. If you did, be quick to pull up those roots, right? So if you said something negative about yourself, a situation, a person, be quick to go in there and say, you know what, forgive me, I apologize. That's not how I should have said that, worded that. Um, This is what I should have said, right? Be quick to do it. Do not wait an hour the next day, a week, a month, a year before you get things correct. Quick. It doesn't have to be, and what what I've learned is if you're quick to do it, um, it will put you in check faster to where you put a guard over your mouth and you're like, oh, no, don't say that because I know the actions that come along with it, right? I know the response. I know um, the consequences. So everything, the faster you stop what you said that you didn't want, that's when it gets easier and easier for you to put a guard over your mouth and be like, mm man, I really want to say that. Ooh, 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 right? Especially if someone gets on your nerves. 
but you're like, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to get some wisdom first, then I'll respond because then we'll be able to respond in love in the way that God wants us to, to where someone would be able to receive it better than us lashing out and going bananas, um, getting to a place to where we're following what God's plan is. So no matter if the music has faded out in your life, be willing to continue on, continue lifting praise and thanksgiving and saying, Lord, I'm going to honor you no matter what's going on right now. I hope this has helped you guys. If it has, you can always reach out to us. Um, we want you to know that we love you. God loves you and you're never too young or too old to fulfill the call. Thank you guys for watching. We would like to invite you to follow Morning Coffee with Jesus podcast for your cup of encouragement. We also want to thank our friends and partners for helping us spread God's word around the world. If you would like to give or become a partner with the ministry, you can scan the QR code or visit morningcoffeewithjesus.com and click donate. When you give, we are able to tell more people about Jesus, help in our community, and give back into other ministries. If you have a prayer request or would like to stay connected, you can visit morningcoffeewithjesus.com slash stay connected.